we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hmm. I was just like, oh, I love that. Like what an interesting choice of words, not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors. So then I nerded out and I was looking up the words <laughs> and he made a new word, hyper nikeo, mm. which means over, beyond, more than. So we're not just victorious over these things, we're beyond excessively victorious over those things. So he lists all the suffering with promises and hope, but then he ends it with, guess what? We not only win, we crush these things. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast about what life is like following Jesus. My name is Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name is Becky. I'm in Family Life's development department. My name is Tately, and I'm in the events department. Ah, I've been waiting for this, guys, for a while. Romans 8 is like... As kind of my favorite chapter. One of my favorite chapters anyways, and the second half specifically. We kind of got into the good stuff here in the last episode, and that was amazing. But I'll be honest, this is what I've been looking forward to the most, is the second half of this. Um, It's so much encouragement. It's beautiful. It's from God's word. So we're really not going to hesitate, just going to jump right in. But before we read this second half of this chapter... I think it's important uh, to start off with, in our minds, what Paul ends with in, in the last part from where we talked about last episode. He ended by saying that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Here's what I'm thinking about. Provided, heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Oh, suffering, glorified, big contrast there. So I'm just thinking about that as we have a little context to start into this uh, next half of this passage here, starting in verse 18. Would you start us off, Becky? Sure. So verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves— who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers." 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, there's so much to unpack here, but... (laughs) For a change, it's exciting to unpack it yeah. other than other chapters where it's like, okay, I guess we have to deal with this. <laughs> right. And it's so much exciting hope and truth. And there's a lot of specific things we could get into, but I'd say just if I had to summarize my overall impression of this chapter is I love it mm-hmm. and I feel encouraged. But what I like is you don't have to convince me that suffering and hardships exist mm. and he doesn't try to convince us they exist. What he convinces us of and promises us is that those things have a time and a purpose and the spirit will help us with them. And no matter what they are, they're not going to even come close to compare to the glory that's coming. Wow. And I love that, you know, he, like you said, um, yeah, all of these things I've just promised you, there's a condition you have to suffer. But then he goes right into the hope of you're not going to suffer alone and it's going to be so worth it. Mm. Wow. I love that. That God's word does not shy away from the obvious reality that suffering is a part of life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's that's, that's real. These things are real. You're going to face these things. You're going to experience these things. And uh, especially... I I can only imagine, I don't know the full context of of the people he's writing to, but I mean, he he brings up things that are like, wow, terrifying things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, all this. It's like, that's, those are terrible things. Those are things that if you're experiencing them, you could feel forsaken by God, but he's reassuring them and therefore us that when these things come in our lives, it doesn't cut us off from Christ. It doesn't cut us off from his love. He's still loving us in the middle of all those things. His love is even in a mysterious way sovereign through all these things. And to me, this this passage is striking me kind of a, a, in a fresh way because I feel like it's the first time in my adult life that I've felt the turmoil of the world in a big, big way. I think that kind of started for me with the start of the pandemic realizing, wow, there's something we're all experiencing. And that's like two years ago at this point. And since then, we've kind of felt the wars and rumors of wars, it feels like, that the word talks about. But um, 
these are all things that happen in this fallen end of the age, this fallen age we live in, um, until Christ comes back, whenever that is. It's like, yeah, we've got wars. We've got actual tragedies, natural and otherwise. We've got huge things. And it feels like sometimes they're like around every corner. And that's why the hope in a chapter like this does so much for me because it feels like entire. It feels like absolute hope. It's it's hope that defends against every kind of unsettledness you can experience. It's like, okay, are you afraid about the circumstances in the world around you? Well, there, here's hope for that. Are you afraid about what's going on? Maybe you're you're standing before Christ. Oh, he's got hope for that here too. Are you afraid that there's anything at all possibly in all of the universe that could threaten your standing before God? Well, you don't have to worry about that, believer, because this is what's actually true for you. Yeah, and talking about that hope that we have for really no matter what circumstance we're in or what trial or trouble or hardship, um, one thing that struck me in the 18, verse 18 to 25 section is it's encouraging us, or at least I found it to be encouraging me to change my perspective on, okay, yes, I'm going through a difficult time or I'm faced with this struggle or I see the turmoil of the world and I'm affected by that. How am I handling that? Am I handling it from an earthly perspective of, oh, well, you know, the pandemic will end eventually or, mm. oh, this hardship will end or, oh, I see the light at the tu- end of the tunnel, so I'll be okay. But then the next hardship hits and it seems to be kind of like a pattern of life. Yeah, you have your really good seasons, but then you also have your more difficult ones. And I really took away from this section here that am I putting my hope in glory and my hope in eternity and the fact that the sufferings of this time don't even compare to that. And my human mind's going, but please explain that to me because how do I compare this to something I don't even understand yet? Right. Um, and it's like, no, where's where's my focus and where am I finding that hope? Yeah, my hope is in Christ. But then I have to look even further in all the things that are promised to me in Scripture and, and for eternity and in eternity. And that has been a real challenging mental shift of, oh, what's my perspective like going into this? And am I hoping in earthly hope of, oh, this hard thing will end? Or am I hoping, because I'm not guaranteed that it'll end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want it to end. Or, oh, I'm hoping it'll rain today, but there's no rain in the forecast, so it's probably not going to happen. Or am I hoping in eternity and the things that are secure? Mm. Um, And then at the end of that, it said, we wait for it with patience. And it's like, ooh, am I patiently waiting or am I like, no, let's just get this suffering done and over with because, you know, I don't like to suffer. Um, yeah, so those are just some of the things that it's like, oh, this hope is, is so much more than my the, the little definition of, oh, I hope this is over soon. If I asked you for your favorite verse out of Romans 8. Eh, there's like a lot to choose from, but a few like heavy hitters stand out to me. So I'll give you like a multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Now, if yours isn't on here, you can say that too. But here's the multiple choice. There's 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Mmm, that's good. There's 828, like we've been talking about this hope. This is like a Hobby Lobby kind of verse. 
Like this, like <laughs> this, this goes on this this goes on the hand lettering board that goes on the wall. I mean, it's a beautiful verse. It's a beautiful truth, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And I'd put thirty one in there as well as one that you you see a lot, hear a lot, even in songs. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I love all of those. <laughs> those all mean a lot. Uh, actually, my favorite is right before though. We know that all things who all, all things work together for those who love God. Um, I love that the Spirit helps us in our weakness and that He intercedes for us. Mm-hmm. And I think I love that in particular because there's just been a lot of times in my life where I don't I don't know how to pray. I I get too worried about am I praying the correct way. Or in the moment I am in this seemingly pit of despair and there aren't words and there's just pain. Mm. And I love thinking of this verse and just knowing that I don't have to phrase it just right. I can just hand over the pain and the spirit is going and to intercede that. And the whole trinity is working for me. Mm. The Holy Spirit is interceding. Jesus is interceding. God is receiving and answering. And there's been times in my life where I've, you know, been crying or something and I'll literally just pray out loud, I need intercession. Mm. And even just saying that, I'll feel better. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it's 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 there. It's in God's word. So you can yeah. believe it's happening. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't feel it. It's like, well, I know it's happening. I'm I'm one of the people this chapter is talking about. I can know he's interceding for me. Wow. That's that's beautiful. That's that's something to envision that scene happening in mm-hmm. in heaven. That's awesome. That is really cool. And for a moment there, when you started sharing that, you know, you love all these verses because I do too. I was like, oh, no, she's picking a different one than the ones that he gave us. And she's going to take mine because mine's a different <laughs> one too. But that's the beauty of scripture in a passage like this that is so full of so many good nuggets yeah. is there are so many verses in here that people take as their favorite or – pick and cling to. And for me, it's at the very end. Um, Mm. It's really two, but I'll read both and then I'll explain why. It says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I had to read both because there's that huge long list. Mm -hmm. But what I really cling to is will be able to separate us from the love of God. Mm. And I've shared a little bit of my story on here at different times, um, but just all the way throughout my life, there have been so many major changes and whether that's life changes or people coming in and out of my life or different circumstances that have just been so huge and have left me with such big, raw emotions and Mm. thoughts and fears or concerns or happiness and just the reminder that nothing, nothing at all, no matter what what's coming next or what has come, can separate me from that love of God. It's not, not dependent on me at all. It's mm-hmm. all God's love given to us. And it, it, no matter what I do or what people do around me that changes the circumstances in my life, nothing can separate me from that love. And that just... Gets me every time. Wow. The overall picture of this this chapter 
that it's about our identity in Christ. And our identity is what it is because he is who he is. It's entirely, completely rooted in him. Like that's why we're held in his hand. Um, I've heard people to talk about the one, the verses you shared there, Becky. Um, I've heard people try to, uh, to try to, to fit in the teaching here that you can, you could lose your salvation by saying, well, nothing can pluck you out of his hand, but you can jump out of his hand. Like, okay, well, all right. I mean, like, mm. uh, I am part of creation though. And uh, it does say right here, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Um, you know, I, I think that's a complicated topic for sure. You know, when it comes to like somebody's faith, like, can you really lose your salvation? Um, I, I'm sorry, is I don't know if this is controversial to anybody, but I'm going to say it, it, to, how I understand what God does in our hearts. It's his work. It doesn't get reversed. Uh, he wrote it down. You could even say with his blood and nothing washes that away. I'm sorry, I'm not strong enough to undo something God's done. That's where I come down on that. And I understand there's different ways of seeing that. So I, that's beautiful and and who amazing to me, um, just our identity in Christ and knowing who we are and how we're held in him. I was surprised you didn't have it on your list. And I didn't say it because it's like my second favorite part, but oh. I was surprised no one said the more than conquerors. Oh, verse. yeah. I like that part. I looked up all the like the Greek words and their meaning oh. and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. Leading up to where it says, let me look it up. He lists all these things. He's listing all these things we could be afraid of or that might... Um, come up against us or may defeat us. And he said, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hmm. I was just like, oh, I love that. Like what an interesting choice of words, not just conquerors, we're more hmm. than conquerors. And he lists all these things. And then he's like, no, we win. Like, <laughs> spoiler alert, we yeah. win. And so then I nerded out and I was looking up the words. <laughs> and Paul's word for conquerors is the Greek word, and I'll probably butcher it, but Nikeo. And it's where the word Nike comes from, which I thought was oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. And it means to conquer, carry off the victory, and come victorious. And in war, the word was used for the winning nation who not only won the battle, but carried off the spoils of war. They not only survived, but they gained the gold, treasure, um, and they carried off the enemy king as a prisoner. And if you put that into God's plan and how, you know, we we get the spoils of heaven and the enemy is going to be defeated. And, you know, we are not just secure from all these things he's mentioning. We're victorious over it. And then he doesn't just use conquer. He goes on to say more than conquer. He added the prefix hyper in front of it. So it, he made a new word, hyper nikeo, hmm. which means over, beyond, more than. So we're not just victorious over these things. We're beyond excessively victorious over those things. So he lists all the suffering with promises and hope. But then he ends it with, guess what? We not only win, we crush these things <laughs> we so fully win and it's just such a beautiful like last note of hope and i love what he also tacks on to that is through him who loved us yes. mm. christ 
and the Lord does it for us and it's his battle plan and that's where I'm secure in and that's why I'm more than a conqueror. Mm. It's by no means of our own. (laughs) (laughs) We're all talking about hope over and over and we're talking about how we have these promises and these assurance and I feel like there's two responses that we almost have to have. And the first is being thankful hmm. that we have those promises and assurance. And the other one should honestly be an even deeper sympathy and heart for the world. Because especially when he's talking about the chapters of, you know, the world itself is groaning and in pain and stuff. And if we were someone looking around, seeing a world that's decaying around us, seeing trials with no seeming purpose and we didn't have these promises that would be awful like mm. i can't even imagine i get i get so discouraged in life mm. and when i shouldn't when i have these promises i can't imagine not having them and and seeing the decay and destruction around me and and not knowing what's happening but the fact that we know that all things are working together for good that the spirit is interceding for us that nothing can separate us from the love of God, that makes all the difference. And so our response should be all the more to want to share that and and share that hope. I love that you do that, Tately. Take that kind of observation. Like I've, I've seen you do that before in our talks here where we've got one way of looking at things and like, it's like, oh yeah, but we can't forget this other thing over here. It's like, wow. Yeah, that kind of passes me by. As I'm reading this to realize, wow, hope, this is awesome. This is amazing. And like for every bit as good as it is for us, that means that's how much hope other people outside of Christ are are left without. Hmm. That's that's a heavy burden. It's like, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, the creation really is groaning, isn't it? Like he says. And to think too that to share their, this hope and this love with other people, how are we walking through the groanings of the world and the tribulations of the world? You know, am I am I doing it in a way that shows the world that I cling to these promises, or am I doing it in a way that shows the world that I'm not much different than them? Um, and to remind myself to read it anew each time and to keep pouring over and digging into the same, really the whole Bible, but like this passage over and over again, to remind myself that there is that hope and there is that love. And like you said, Tately, maybe I can be that person to share it with somebody else for the first time and to get to see them, their eyes come alive and their spirit cling to it and to then start to live it out is just a really great perspective. Mm. Mm. And somehow, this is kind of mysterious to me, this this verse, but somehow we're kind of leading the way in this process of the world uh, finding this hope. And here's what I'm talking about is verse 21. Um, The creation itself will be set free, uh, or verses 20 and 21, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. I don't fully understand it here, but I know children of God, I see that and I'm thinking, okay, that's us. Freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay, 
well, uh, um, free in Christ. We're free in Christ. Um, that's amazing. The rest of creation, in some way, is waiting to cash in on the benefit of that. I I don't know entirely all of what that means. I think a lot of this is stuff that gets realized in the end, in the new heavens and new earth, when God recreates this entire world. Um, I, I think a lot of this is realized there. But I think what you're talking about is something, too, that's that's implied by this or that we can at least take away from this, that we know this hope. We know this freedom of the glory of the children of God. It's 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 what we're able to walk in right now, at least to look forward to. And we can we can bring that light to the world around us that's that's groaning. Um, we can literally bring it to the creation itself in 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 specific ways, like by taking care of what God has made. And we can bring it to the most important part of creation as well, which is the people who bear his image, the people who don't know him yet and need to know this hope. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to wrap up looking at this chapter, not just holding on to our own hope for our own sake and being super excited about that, though we've got to do that and remind ourselves of it, but letting that be something that reminds us of what we have to share uh, by word and by example to the world around us. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.